Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Jumbo Package NFL Podcast is sponsored by Batavia's Original Pizzeria. Paulie and I named this podcast the Jumbo Package because we're both huge football fans and also because we're both big dudes who love to eat. And since both of us grew up in western New York, that means we've enjoyed food from Batavia's Original too many times to count. Batavia's Original was founded in 1947 and has been serving Batavia and all of Western New York unbelievable Italian food ever since. Batavia's Original welcomes families, sports teams, other large groups, and even third graders on their very first date with their elementary school girlfriend. That's right. 17 years ago, I went on my first date at Batavia's Original. If you're a Western New Yorker or even just driving through Western New York, you aren't eating right if you aren't stopping at Batavia's Original. Batavia's Original, the official sponsor of the Jumbo Package NFL Podcast. Welcome, football fans, to the Jumbo Package NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Sonny Giuliano. As you'll eventually be able to tell, I have a nasty sinus infection today, but I am battling through it because we've got a very special episode for you to listen to. And that's for three reasons. First of all, divisional weekend in the NFL playoffs, and in my opinion, this is the most underrated weekend of football of the year. Second, my co-host, Paul Clark, turns 41 years old today, Paulie. A very happy birthday to you, my friend. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. You are a man. You aren't 40 anymore, but you still qualify as being a man. I'm a man in a year now. Yep. Very cool. Um, and third, Paulie and I are joined on the line by a very special guest. It's a guest we're hoping we can sign to a four-episode contract that extends from now until our Super Bowl preview episode in a few weeks. This guest needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. You may recognize him from his voiceover work on the critically acclaimed HBO series, The Sopranos, which, by the way, is celebrating their 20th anniversary of broadcast today. He is a Section 5 championship-winning football and basketball coach, the current head football coach of the Batavia Notre Dame Fighting Irish football team, and he is the best horse racing announcer I personally have ever heard. Ladies and gentlemen, Put your hands together for Punta Gorda's own, the Coach Zambito, Joe Zambito, Uncle Joe. Thank you for joining two of your favorite nephews on the Jumbo Package NFL Podcast. Wow. Does it get any better than that? Great. That was quite an introduction, I got to tell you. Thank you. It took me a couple minutes to type that up. High hopes for Uncle Joe. I build them up. It's pretty, pretty good here. 
Well, for everybody that's listening, I think what they want to know is, I was a dazzling, and Paulie could attest to this, 4-0 and against the spread last weekend. Very impressive. Yes, you were. That, that would have topped both Paulie and I. Um, I was 3-1, and Paulie was 2-2. Two and two. Um, So we need to call in the big guns. We had to make the jumbo package even bigger. Um, and we have a lot of good football to talk about. As I said, I think this is the most underrated weekend of football um, all year long. The two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday, it's, it's always very entertaining. And as was the case last weekend, four really competitive, up in the air, uh, wide-open games in my opinion. The spreads are a little bit bigger this week than they were last week, but I still think that there's plenty of room um, for for any of these eight teams to make a run towards the Super Bowl. So uh, let's get to it. On Saturday at 4.35 p.m. on NBC, the six-seed Indianapolis Colts, 10-6, and six, go on the road to face the number one seed in the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs, who are 12-4. and four. Colts are winners of 10 of their last 11 games. Kansas City has skidded to a 3-3 three and three finish after a 9-1 and one start to the year. Um, but according to Football Outsiders, in the last 10 weeks of the regular season, the Colts have faced the worst group of opposing offenses in the league. So this Kansas City team is a, a much different sort of challenge um, than the Colts are accustomed to. So, Alk, I'm going to throw the first question your way. Is yeah. there anything that, that you've seen over these last few weeks either from either of these teams that suggests to you that the Colts could actually be able to slow the Chiefs down, or is this going to be a game that Indy needs to be prepared to win the shootout? Well, it's hard for me to say for sure. Um, going into Kansas City, I'm not sure what the weather's going to be like. But uh, I thought it was snowy seen, today. Yeah. Uh, seeing what I've seen uh, with the Colts the last couple weeks, and I, for one, have not been on the uh, Colts bandwagon as much as your co-host Paul Clark loves them. But uh, with that being said, I think Kansas City's in a little bit of trouble this week. Okay, can you elaborate here? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Indianapolis coming in, you know, what I like to do is I like to look at uh, quarterbacks and coaches. And mm-hmm. uh, you're talking Andrew Luck and Frank Rice against Patrick Mahomes and, and Andy Reid. And, um, you know, I've always been one. If, uh, I think history repeats itself. And Andy Reid always starts the year out great. And uh, it seems as though he always fizzles at the end. Um, the Chiefs right now are 0-3 when uh, playing um, against a team with a winning record in the second half of the season. I think that mm. um, that right there speaks for itself. Um, the Chiefs are 4-3. and three. Um, as a favorite of three and a half to nine and a half points. With that being said, the Colts are three and zero as an underdog uh, between three and a half and nine and a half points. That's the season. They're three and zero off of a road win. They're five and zero against a team with a winning record this year, and six and one on grass. Uh, wow! The- you you just came through with with a number of different. Trends and and that that was impressive. You come out, coming out of the gate again strong, just like you did in your your famous debate versus Dan Zambito and the the Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady discussion. That that was very impressive. Well, and we all know the answer to the Brady Manning discussion. 
we by do. now. Um, but, you know, I, I don't want to want to take time away from uh, PC. All I'm going to tell you is um, what I do like is that the Colts played last week and the Chiefs didn't. Now, I know a lot of prognosticators go the other way on that. To me, I think um, you need to play. I think it makes a difference, um, especially when um, you're on the road traveling. I think you definitely need to play. Um, as far as injuries go, the Chiefs have more injuries. Spencer Ware is uh, questionable. Sammy Watkins is questionable. Reggie Ragland is questionable. Eric Berry is questionable. Uh, as far as the Colts go, you got Ryan Grant and Mike Mitchell. Is That's all that's on their uh, roster that's on the injury report. I'm going with uh, Indianapolis. All right. Now, here's the thing. I, I sent this one to you first because I, I know exactly where Paulie's going with this game. Paulie and I have been debating all year long about the 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 status of where Andy Reid ranks among coaches in the league. He he has been very down on the Chiefs all year in comparison to, to myself. And as you said when you got started, he, him and I both have been on the Colts for quite some time. So Paulie, I'll toss it to you. Um, I, I imagine I would be shocked if you weren't. I imagine that you are going Colts here. Um, is there anything that, that Unk didn't toss out there that you feel like you, you could add to this? Well, I mean, I got to tell you, I mean, he, he comes out, I mean, he, he knocked at Andy Reid. Does, does he know that them are, like, fighting words to you? I mean, like, hey, that's, your, that's your boy. I mean, <laughs> I mean, especially now that the Bears are out of the playoffs. Andy Reid, I've mean, like, got left in my life. I mean, like, Andy Reid's, like, your man crush, kind of. Like, he's your guy. Like, and he just came on and threw jabs at him right away. Like, I was just sitting back, like, giggling, like, loving every minute of it, knowing how deep down it was hurting your core that Andy Reid was getting jostled like that. I have to rethink bringing Unc back for the next few weeks. i got to be honest. That, that hurt my feelings. I didn't well, you know, hustle it. I sent him flying. <laughs> hey, one other point. i got to jump in here because I did forget one thing. I'm sorry. One other thing that really rang a bell to me with a reason to pick the Colts, they ran all over the third-ranked yep. run defense in the NFL. They had 200-yard rushing which is over double the norm that the Texans give up. Yeah, that, that was actually one of the things that stood out for me, too. And it's a dynamic I just wasn't expecting from their offense, especially the last week against the Texans defense that had been so good all year long against the run. But with that said, if you look at the last month of the regular season and last week included, Marlon Mack is averaging 110 rushing yards per game. And Kansas City – they are the second-worst rush defense in the league. They gave up five yards per carry. It seems, in theory, like the recipe for the Colts to win this game is to establish the run early, get luck comfortable, maybe establish a little bit of a play-action pass presence, and, and keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. I think that's probably the best way to go into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. Um, Paulie, I'll send it back to you because you, you only added on to the Andy Reid hate. Um, where, where is your, was there anything that Unk didn't say that, that you felt like adding here? Well, you know, I just, you know, watching the Colts over the last several weeks, their offensive line has just been dominant. I mean, look at Rookie mm-hmm. Quentin Nelson. I mean, he, 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 what, what Chris Ballard did with the draft, with drafting Quentin Nelson, 
and on the offensive side and Darius Leonard on the defensive side. I mean, they've both been great. Um, it, it's like a, a new look Colts team. It's not that you know got to score sixty or fifty or forty to win because their defense is going to give up a ton of points. This this Colts defense is really good. Uh, their corners get up and challenge you. Uh, their linebackers fly around. I think they're going to play. They're going to make Patrick Mahomes put together drives. And and mm-hmm. and and for the game, is he going to be patient enough throughout the game to be willing to go twelve, thirteen? you know, 14, 11 plays, drives instead of, you know, hitting Tyree Kill on that big shot or Travis, you know, hitting shot plays because the Colts really aren't going to give up that type of plays. Uh, they're going to rush the passer. They're going to put tons of pressure on Mahomes just like they did Deshaun Watson. And uh, back to the offensive side of the ball, you know, Marlon Mack has established himself as a very good running back. He runs hard, catches balls out of the backfield. Um, you know, I definitely think they're going to come in and establish the run a lot like they did last week, and then walk will take the play action game with the big shots to T.Y. Hill and their Eric Ebron. But uh, again, I- I'm with Unk on this one. I, I like Indy not only to cover; I-, I think they'll go in and win outright. I'm not one bit surprised to hear you say that. Um, I'm sure you're not. <laughs> so, I, one of the things I want to ask you as the great coaching mind in our family. Um, if you're if you're on the Colts coaching staff and you're trying to figure out how to slow down this Chiefs offense, one of the things that I was just trying to think about how, from my perspective, the best way to slow them down. It seems to me like the best option would probably be to send safety help over top for Tyreek Hill, and then have two guys devoted to Travis Kelsey, and and make the rest of those guys, the unproven guys, beat you. Whether or not Watkins plays is still up in the air. You have guys like Conley who has shown glimpses here or there throughout the year, but is that what you would do, just make the unproven guys beat you and kind of, as Paulie said, don't give up the deep shots down the field, make them go on these long drives? Well, you know, me personally as a coach, I like to put pressure on the quarterback. But with that being said, we're talking about the NFL and we're talking about some great talent. Um I don't think you put you rush Mahomes. I think you kind of do. You go back to the uh, early 90s in the Super Bowl against the Bills and the Giants, and the way the the uh, Giants slowed down the Buffalo Bills, they rushed two, three guys at the most, dropped eight into coverage, and make mm-hmm. Mahomes make make Mahomes make a mistake. If you put heat on Mahomes, he's got the legs. He's going to be able to move around the pocket. He's going to be able to run for first downs. That's the thing. He's so deadly moving outside of the pocket and making yeah. throws. Yeah, you you got to put two guys over the top. you got to put two guys on the tight end, Kelsey. And you have to make other other people uh, beat you. With that being said, uh, real quick, I just want to point out, I mean, Kansas City is giving up 26.3 points a game. It's a lot of points to give up to be the number one seed. And while they're mm-hmm. scoring a lot, giving up a lot. And I just think the play action this week is what's going to be the uh, end of the Chiefs. Well, I'll be honest. I'm actually with you guys. I think the Colts cover. I think that this is a really close game. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if Indy went in and won outright. Um, if I were picking straight up, I would pick Kansas City. Um, but, Paulie, you know that in, in some spots throughout the year, I've gone against Kansas City and – um, 
Yeah, we'll see. One thing I, I do have to come to the defense of my man Andy Reid. He is twenty and four all time, regular season and playoffs, coming off a of bye week. So I do think there is something to that. That the fa- the fact that they they did not have to play in the wild card weekend, that they did have a week to to rest the players, game plan for whoever it was that they were going to play. I do think that there is something to that. The, the record suggests that. And, Paulie, you and I have talked about this on the pod over the last couple weeks. Over the last five years or so, home field does mean more than it has in the past. It's just if you look at the, the teams that have been playing in the Super Bowl the last few years, it's been a lot of one seeds. I think it's really hard, especially with, with an off week and a coach who has a track record of being good off of bye weeks, I do think it's going to be tough for for Indy to go in and get a win straight up. Um, but I, I'm really excited for this game. I personally think this is probably the best game of the weekend. Um, it is uh, the fifth matchup between the top two quarterbacks and touchdown passes in the last 20 years in the playoffs. And the younger quarterback has won every meeting so far. So that bodes well for Mahomes and the Chiefs. Um, but against the spread, we're all on Indianapolis. Anyone have anything to add before we move on? No. Nope. I'd just like to say that I'm, I'm a, I agree with what you said at the beginning of the show. What a week of football. I mean, this, yeah. this to me, this is my favorite week of football right here because you have games on Saturday, you have games on Sunday. We could eat, you could eat, well, Paulie could eat all of those chicken wings. All <laughs> that I wish I could eat down here, and uh, what a week! Absolutely. Um, all right, Saturday night we have at eight fifteen p.m. on Fox the fourth seeded Dallas Cowboys, ten and six, winners of the NFC East, visiting the thirteen and three NFC West champion. Los Angeles Rams, the Rams are favored by seven points. Um, Pauly, from a distance, it feels like both of these defenses will try to take away the run, make their opponent one-dimensional, and that's obviously easier said than done, given that Zeke Elliott and Todd Gurley are first and second in scrimmage yards this year. But is this one as simple as whichever one of these two young quarterbacks makes the most plays will be the winner? Well, I think it's going to come down to which defense makes the most plays. Okay. You know, you know, Dallas comes in, their defense has been playing really good. Uh, the Rams, on the other hand, and they've been struggling a little bit, but we, we know what the Rams got. You know, they got one of the best players, the best defensive player and possibly the best player in the league playing defensive tackle and Aaron Donald. I mean, he could, he could wreck a game. Uh, they're fresh. Gurley hasn't played in three weeks. Um, you know, he's coming off a little bit of a knee. So, you know, he's going to be fresh. Um, you know, Cowboys look good. They beat a, they beat a tough Seattle team last week. Uh, Dak actually impressed me last week. I thought, I thought he played a pretty solid game against a good defense. He made some throws, he made some runs. Uh, you know, the biggest, obviously, the third and 14, where Seattle didn't want to tackle him. Um, you know, in this game, I, I think it's going to be very close. Uh, you know, I, th- I like the Rams to win at home, but I like I, I would pick Dallas to cover. Um, but I think the Rams get a, uh, a very 
you know, tight win, and I think the team's probably going to be high scoring. Okay. I, I'm with you, and, you know, I, I also like the Cowboys to cover. I don't know that I like them to win straight up. Um, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about Dak and whether he's a guy that the Cowboys can rely on moving into the next decade. And, you know, we a couple weeks ago, or maybe last week, yeah, it was last week, we measured him against a lot of the other first, second, third-year quarterbacks. And, you know, is he that guy? Is he the guy who's capable of making big plays down the stretch of games? And I saw a stat that was pretty interesting, that since 2016, when he became the Cowboys' starting quarterback, he has 15 game-winning drives, 19 rush touchdowns, and 13 wins in prime time. All of those are the most for all starting quarterbacks in the league. So he's also got the second most wins amongst starting quarterbacks behind Man Tom Brady. Right. So what he's been doing, the resume holds up. It's hard to knock what he's been doing in Dallas. And if Zeke Elliott doesn't miss six games last year because of the suspension, they they are probably a playoff team all three of those years. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how he stacks up. And a lot of this will depend on what kind of presence Aaron Donald is in this game, but how he stacks up against – Jared Goff, a quarterback who I think a lot of people would probably put on a tier or two ahead of Dak. Um, I, I was actually kind of surprised to hear that you think that this is going to be a high-scoring game. To me, it feels like this one could be low-scoring, just given some of the struggles that the Rams' offense has had down the stretch this season. Unc, are you with Paulie? Do you think that this is a, a lot of points on the board in this game, or do you think the defense is really – make some plays and and keep it close and and low scoring? Well, both. Because I think this game is going to be a blowout. Oh, okay. I think it's an M&M. I think it's a mismatch. I think Dallas is cooked. I think, you know, at the the beginning of the year, if this game would have taken place, the Rams, it would would have been a no-brainer. After week three, the Rams probably would have been a 15-point favorite. I think the Rams have played the tougher schedule. Um, the Rams are winning their games by almost nine points a game. Um, the Cowboys, I don't know if you saw this stat or not, are winning by 1.4 points per game on average. Yeah, their point differential isn't great. They are getting by. Um, I do not think Dallas is going to be able to run the ball. I think when you compare quarterbacks, Jared Goff to Dak Prescott, um, the comparison, there isn't a comparison. Um, It's like comparing a pea to a watermelon. And, uh, you know, I think Sean McVay is a better coach than Jason Garrett. Um, This line opened at seven. It is stuck at seven. And keep in mind, that Dallas is supposedly America's team, so you would think that more money would be coming in on Dallas, especially getting the seven points and that they're the hot team. It's not going to happen. Um, the Rams took care of business against San Francisco. They took care of business against Arizona. If you look at their last three losses, the Rams, the Eagles, the Bears, the Saints, Rams are going to cruise to victory. 
You know, I could see it. I, I could see that being the end result. Just because, to me, watching that Seahawks-Cowboys game last Saturday, it felt like Seattle left a lot on the table. It, oh, they were, too, they were too stubborn. I, I don't know. They, they were trying to force the run. I, I thought they yeah. I thought they could. I thought they could have went to Russell Wilson, you know, throwing the ball and using his legs a little earlier because once they did, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, they just moved the ball at will. Uh, one matchup I'm really looking forward to in this game is how about uh, perennial all-pro Zach Martin blocking perennial all-pro Aaron Donald for the whole game. That That's going to be – that that's going to be something to watch right there. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, among the individual matchups you're going to be looking at, that'll be a fun one. But going back to the point you made, it, it, it amazed me that Seattle was so stubborn with with trying to establish the run when it just it was obvious it wasn't working. It wasn't happening. They they had 59 yards on 21 carries by running backs, and 28 of those yards came on one attempt, uh, Rashad Penny run. As great as the Cowboys' defense was against Seattle in a lot of ways, and, and as good as they have been all year, it feels like McVay is going to cook up some play-action looks that absolutely gash the Cowboys' defense. I think Get they'll be content. Out. Get my pencil out? Get your pencil out. I agree with you 100%. If you are a coach and football is a copycat league, Get your pencil out because you're going to see some things this weekend that's going to amaze you. I mean, that's been the book on McVay all year. Some of the the best play calling situationally just all season long. I mean, really, since last year. I think that they'll be content methodically working the ball down the field eight yards at a time. Um, I think they'll use a lot of play action. Russell Wilson was 10 of 11 for 114 yards on play action last week. I think McVay will be able to, to duplicate that. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I think I'm giving – maybe I'm giving the Cowboys defense a little more credit just because in the front seven they are so talented. They, I, I think that there's a, a scenario where they can get some pressure on Goff and, and those – Linebackers will be flying all over the field making plays, and they'll just be able to keep it close. Um, I do think that the America's team point that you made, on I think that there will probably be more Cowboys fans in attendance at this game than there will be Rams fans. I think that there will be a very large Cowboys presence in that stadium. Um, So uh, not moving, that's telling me the smart money in on the Rams. Oh, for sure. For sure. I, I don't disagree with you there. We'll see. So you, I, I, I think the secondary of Dallas is suspect. And I think, uh, you know, I think their front seven is solid. But I do think they're going to get uh, exposed in the secondary this weekend. All right, we'll see. So you are on the Rams. Paulie and I both like the Cowboys. Um, before we get to Sunday's two games, let's take a brief break to talk about the official sponsor of the Jumbo Package NFL podcast, Batavia's Original Pizzeria. Week after week, Paulie and I go on gushing about Batavia's Original. Unc, you are also a food connoisseur, much like Paulie and myself. I'll give you the floor. Why don't you uh, speak about Batavia's Original Pizzeria for a moment? Oh. 
when you go to Batavia's original, you sit down and this is what you do. You get a large, you get the large pizza deal, cheese, pepperoni, and mushrooms, or whatever you like on it. I go with the cheese, pepperoni, and mushrooms. You get the double order of wings with that delicious barbecue sauce that, uh, you know, people try to, uh, try to copy it, but there's only one Batavia's original. You get a nice double order of hodgepodge with a large Coke, and you go to town. It's the best meal in town. Have we heard I couldn't more on this? <laughs> it, 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 that's the thing. It's the same message every week, but it, it absolutely. couldn't be more true. Absolutely. Absolutely. It couldn't 100%. be more true. And here's the thing. If you're a football fan and you're a pizza fan and you live in western New York, you have two opportunities to enjoy these two things that you love this weekend. You could get Batavia's original on Saturday and Sunday for the games, and you'll just be in, in food and sports heaven. So that is my suggestion. I know that Polly and Uncle Joe would back me up. Uh, as I said before, very happy to have Batavia's original as the presenting sponsor of our podcast, and we look forward to, to taking this into year two and, and hopefully doing a live show there sometime next year. That would be absolutely fantastic. All right, Sunday afternoon, 105 on CBS. It is the fifth-seeded Los Angeles Chargers visiting the number two seed New England Patriots. The Patriots are a four-point favorite. They are playing for their eighth consecutive AFC championship game appearance. The Chargers are playing for a spot in their first AFC championship game since 2008 when they lost to the then undefeated Patriots. Um, another little fun fact about this game, it is the oldest combined starting quarterback matchup in playoff history. Philip Rivers, 37 years old, Tom Brady, 41. Unk, it is well documented that you're a very passionate supporter of Tom Brady. But in 2019, do you have confidence that he can carry the Patriots as he has in the past? Because it has been a bit of a down year for the GOAT. Uh it's been a bit of a down year for the GOAT, but he's still the GOAT. And they're going to have to go into New England. The snow is going to be flying. Uh, the tuck rule may be in effect. New England will get the job done. I have to tell you, New England is 6-2 and two at home. They're 4-0 and oh after a win versus a divisional rival. Um, while the Chargers are five and one as a road dog, do you know that they're one and six after a road game, and two and five, two and five off of a road win. Uh, Philly Rivers and Anthony Lynn in a tag team match against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. <laughs> Throw the towel! Throw the towel! It's over. Brady does what nobody wants him to do except me and everyone in New England. He's going back to the AFC Championship. I got to say, I'm not one bit surprised that that was your answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I shouldn't even. Have I don't think neither of us. I don't think neither of us were expecting him to pick the Chargers. <laughs> no, well, no, that, that that was that was obvious as Paulie coming on the podcast and, and crapping on Andy Reid. Um, I should have just said the floor is yours. Give us your your Brady impassioned speech rather than framing it as a question. But I, I, look, I I have gone on record. I think Brady is the GOAT. I think he's the best 
male athlete ever. That's over my man LeBron James. I'll give Brady that distinction. But I do think there's something to be said of the fact that he's 41. And this regular season, it seemed like the first time in his entire career that it looked like there was some slippage on his end. Um, And he's going to be facing a very talented Chargers defense. I have a feeling, Paulie, you are going to be on the flip side of this. I, I am guessing that you like the Chargers here. Why don't you give what I expect will be your take on why you like L.A.? Well, I, I, I've been on them all year. You know that. Um, you know, I love their defense. Uh, Gordon, or Melvin Ingram, I'm sorry, Melvin Ingram and uh, Joey Bosa coming off the edge. Uh, you know, they know right where Brady's going to be. And if uh, his tackles don't hold up, I mean, it's going to be a long day. they got a good secondary, uh, Derwin James, Casey Hayward, uh, King. You know, they, they, they're they all they're all playing well. Um, they, they just signed Baltimore in the, you know, last week. It's totally different offense. I mean, just throw that play the out the window. No, no, you can't even compare that. I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even comparing that. I'm just saying, you know, you know, then you go, I think, I think Baltimore's defense is better than New England's. You know, I think they'll come in. I think they'll try to establish the run. You know, the conditions aren't going to be great. There's probably going to be snow. Um, but, you know, they got they got Gordon. They got uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. They got guys that could stretch New England possibly down the field. Um, I think this game will be close. But I, I do think the Chargers will go in there and pull it out. They haven't lost a game this year when they've had to get on a plate. So I think that, I think that uh, continues. You know, I, the one game I had wrong last week, I like Baltimore over L.A., mainly because, I, and I made this point in the podcast last week, I just I thought it was a Chargers defense that was built to stop the modern offense. And Baltimore, what they have been doing over the last month and a half, ever since Lamar Jackson came in, has been anything but modern in comparison to what the rest of the league is doing. Their versatility, what they did last week against Baltimore, they they used seven defensive backs on 58 of 59 snaps against the Ravens. That's crazy. They just put speed on the field. They put all kinds of speed on the field. The the ability of Derwin James to come up and make plays around the line of scrimmage. They were lining Bosa and Ingram up all over the line, inside, outside, and they were in the backfield the whole game. They, that they was were really impressive. They were to me. dominant in that game. Bosa and Ingram were. They were what they what they drafted them for. I mean, they were. Yeah. Just... Now, as Ung pointed out, it's Tom Brady or it's Lamar just, Jackson. It's, oh, it's a much different challenge 100%. in terms of in terms of talent and stylistically what they're Absolutely. going to see. Hundred percent. Um. But with that said. Their ability to get pressure on Lamar Jackson without blitzing was really impressive. And if they could, if they could get pressure on Brady without having to send extra guys, if it is just Bosa and Ingram being destructive like they were last week, I think New England's in trouble. Um, oh, do you think? Do you think that New England will be able to withstand that kind of pass rush and putting you in Belichick's shoes? What kind of offensive scheme do you have for for this game against a team like the Chargers? Well, first of all, you know, comparing New England's offense to 
Bears offense is uh, they're totally different. I mean, you're talking about running quarterback uh, versus a in-the-pocket quarterback. You're talking about a Hall of Famer versus a Hall of Shamer. And, yeah, no. I mean, come on, guys. Get, get your get your bib, put your bibs on, put your big boy pants on, and understand that you're talking about a team from Los Angeles, and I don't care that they've done it all year. They're going to have to fly from L.A. back to New England after they flew to Baltimore, after they flew to Denver. Um, what am I doing? Getting back to the question as a coach, I'm probably yes. going to limit the number of players in my patterns to two, three at the most. It's going to be a one to two uh, read set, and I think it's going to be a lot of running. Listen, neither Tom Brady nor Philly Rivers are going to be able to throw the deep ball on Sunday. It's not going to happen. Weather's not going to allow it to happen. Who does that favor? Favors Tom Brady. It's going to be a short passing game offense. It's going to be a running offense. Um, I think New England has the best line coach in football. He's proven that time and time again. Um, they have to maxim- maximize the protection for Brady, which I think they will do. And I think it's going to be obviously 47 and a half is the over under. If you can get on that under right now, run and tap every bit of blood out of your vein and bet <laughs> under. Game, but uh, I mean, New England may not cover the four and a half. I'm not saying they're going to cover the spread because I do think it's going to be close only because of the weather. But I think New England will have complete control of this game. I think if San Diego covers, it's going to be a backdoor cover. Uh, Paulie, Hunk made a mistake. Yep, he, he made the he made the me mistake. I called him San Diego for the first month of the season. Yeah. <laughs> It's only it's only it's only right that it it's only right that it happens. Old habits die hard. Yeah, absolutely. Being, absolutely. Being an Oakland Raider fan, a Los Angeles Raider fan, a soon to be Las Vegas Raider fan, and playing against the Los Angeles Chargers my whole life. Yeah, I knew it would happen once or twice. And you know, one other thing, guys, that we really haven't touched on a lot, which I think you should in this game, you should really think about. Before you really put your rubber stamp on Philly Rivers and the Chargers, Anthony Lynn versus Bill Belichick. Come on, man. <laughs> it, I, you're right. You, I mean, you make very good points, as I expect you would. Um, I am with Pauly here, though. I, I I got burned last week. I, I picked Baltimore. I, I thought they'd win outright. I thought they'd cover um, it wasn't the case. I, I just I, I saw from the Chargers a team that that looked like they were equipped to win a number of different styles, and that's been the case all year. They they went into Kansas City and they got a win. They beat Pittsburgh in, in prime time, and obviously Pittsburgh fell apart in the last half of the season. But that's a tough challenge to go into Pittsburgh on Sunday night and and get a win like that. Then to to play a team that. It just completely mucked up the game and, and turned it into something out of 1960. And to go in and beat them at their own game and to protect Rivers like they did against the Ravens team that could really rush the quarterback. And he wasn't sacked one time last week. 
I just think that bodes well. I think that they're a versatile team. I, I, I think that, as you said, it's going to be a close game because of the weather. Um, defensively, I, I, I think both teams are going to scheme it up where it makes things difficult to throw the ball down the field and get chunk plays. Um, I, I completely agree with you on the under. Neither of these quarterbacks in all of their meetings, and Brady has dominated it, but neither one of these two have been great in their meetings in the past. You look at um, I believe in seven games, Brady has 2,000 yards, 14 touchdowns, to eight interceptions. Rivers is 1,700 yards, seven touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Um, so these guys aren't lighting it up against each other. Um, Isn't Brady like seven and all? He is. is. That I, yeah. <laughs> seven and all against the LA Chargers, and you guys are going to pick against them at home. And the divisional round of the of the AFC. It's scary, but I'm, I'm doing it. You know, the other thing I do want to say about this game, since you know it is a Tom Brady game, you guys are talking about the LA Chargers. <clears throat> yeah, they did. They uh, they went into Pittsburgh and they beat Pittsburgh thirty three to thirty three to thirty. Then what did they do? They flew home. They were sixteen and a half point favorites against Cincinnati and barely got out of there with a win. Right or wrong? You're right, and, and this is something that Paulie and I have talked about before. I think that the Chargers are the ultimate play to the level of your competition team, and that's what I think bodes well for them against New England. I think they get up for these big games, and then they they have all year. They've laid dugs against teams that they're supposed to blow out. Well, you know, and this is the other thing. When you, when you talk about the Baltimore game last week, they played them on January 6th, okay? They won 23-17 to in Baltimore. Uh, Rivers, definitely the better quarterback. You know how I feel about Baltimore's quarterback. Um, they should have brought the back up into the game. I think the Harbaugh did an awful job by not giving them a chance in the second half. Um, they played them two weeks earlier at home, okay? They lost 22-10 to at home. It's hard to beat a team of similar ability twice in the same year, say no less, two weeks later. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, that I think, you know, and I was on the Chargers last week. I just think going into New England, flying back out there again, I don't know. I think this is probably, and I hate to say it, New England's last stand. And uh, I'm with them this week. That's fair. All right, final game. Sunday, 4.40 p.m. on Fox is the sixth seed Philadelphia Eagles. They broke my heart last week visiting the number one seed, the New Orleans Saints. They are 13-3, and and they are a a seven-and-a-half-point favorite over Philadelphia. Um, These two teams played week 11 in New Orleans. The Saints won 48-7. They had over 500 yards of offense. Drew Brees had a nearly perfect passer rating. Kamara and Ingram combined for 174 yards rushing. Um, after that game, the Eagles were 4-6. and six. Soon after, Nick Foles came in for an injured Carson Wentz, and the Eagles took off. Uh, Polly, from what you've seen, is this just as simple as Nick Foles being a better quarterback than Carson Wentz or a better 
equipped quarterback to lead the specific Eagles team than Carson Wentz? Or is there other stuff at work here? Because now that we're doing this for a second straight year, the whole Foles comes in for Wentz thing, it seems strange that they are making this run yet again. Well, last year they really didn't – last year they just kept going. I mean, right. Wentz, we, we, we said last year Wentz definitely could have been MVP of the week. Um, what I think you're seeing this year is they're just starting to play better as a team. Their defensive line stunk for a while. I mean, you look at them guys, Fletcher Cox and Michael Bennett, and, you know, them guys, them, that great defensive line they got, they were, they were terrible for, for most of the year. They, they, were out, they were still celebrating the Super Bowl in August. I mean, I just think finally their offensive line's playing, got healthy. And it just so happened it happened at the time when Wentz got hurt. Yeah. I, I mean, to me, the people that are saying I would trade Wentz and keep holes, I, I just don't see it myself. I mean, I, Wentz to me is a great young quarterback. I mean, there is something to say about the way Foles, this Foles magic. I mean, it's crazy how it's happening. Um, but, I mean, it just seems like the whole team has played better. I mean, Foles has played great. He spreads the ball around. I think, I think the Eagles ask Wentz to do more than they ask Foles to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think yeah. Foles goes in and, and and works a game plan and it works well. Where I think Wentz is more of, you know, let's, you know, he's got the whole thing. You know, let's and and they just put a lot of pressure on him. And when that defense wasn't playing good, I mean, let's face it. That game against the Saints, the Saints could have scored. They they let up. I mean, that ain't the same defense you're seeing now on the Philly. I mean, the Saints are going to see a totally different team and, and quite frankly, a pissed-off team because they've been kind of mocking them all year, the Saints. They've been mocking the Eagles all year. They said they would have beat them last year if it wasn't for that thing in Minnesota. You know, they, they've been putting on the ski mask. They've been, you know, Kamara and Ingram, they, they, they mock them. They, they threw the long pass to Kamara on fourth down during the blowout. And, and uh, Michael Jenkins whipped off Sean Payton after the play. I mean, <laughs> to me, you're getting two teams that really I don't think like each other very much. And I think the Saints are going to be in for a dogfight this week. I'm not saying they're not going to win, but I'm definitely going to take the Eagles to cover this one. Yeah, I'm with you. And, you know, their win against Chicago last week and the run over the last month, to me it's a testament to to them getting healthy at the right time, which they, they have, especially in comparison to where they were at the start of the year. And it's a testament to team building and roster depth. And it's not just having fools to back up wins. It's unknowns like Craven LeBlanc and Avante Maddox stepping in for guys like Darby and Mills and making plays, big plays in that game against the Bears. And for as banged up as they they are and have been this year, they have Jason Peters, they have Darren Sproles, and they have Jordan Hicks all active and healthy. That wasn't the case last year. Um, I, I think that the – and you can attest to this. I have been telling you all year, and it came back and bit me in the ass. They were going to be the scariest. They were going to be the scariest team come time for the playoffs. They got the sixth seed, and my Bears are the victims of it. Um, 
So I, I'm definitely going Philadelphia to cover in this game. I, th- I think it's going to be a real challenge for New Orleans. A New Orleans team that offensively they haven't been as prolific as they have been earlier in the year. Um, so, Paulie, you and I both like Philadelphia. Unc, where do you stand? Well, let's talk about this. Uh, you got Nick Foles and Doug Peterson against Sean Payton and Drew Brees. What a matchup, as far as I can. Um, you know, this, this, op- this game opened up the spread at 10. Did it really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it went wow. immediately uh, to 8. Um, so that was some big money coming in on Philadelphia. Big money. And I've been on Philly the last four weeks, Paulie, to tell you that. Smart man. Before I tell, before I tell you who I like, I want to give – there's a few things I want to tell the people out there listening. Philadelphia is 1-3 this year against the NFC South. Okay? New Orleans is 3-1 and one against the NFC East. Uh, the Eagles are three and five after a win, and two and zero oh after a win by three points or less. The Saints are one and four off a divisional game. Saints did not play last week. Uh, we know, unfortunately, the Eagles did. Uh, I put some money in my pocket, although I was uh, happy for my nephew Nico, not too happy for my brother Mark and my nephew Sonny. Um, At least I was able to put some money in my pocket. Yes, sir. That's smart, wise, wise man. This is what this is uh, one thing about the Saints that I'm a little concerned with. Both they have two of their tackles are questionable, and one of their guards, a Teron Armstead, Jermon Bushrod, and Larry Warford are all questionable. They'll all play, but they're all banged up. Uh, Philly really doesn't have that many injuries. Uh, looking at their report, Mike Wallace and Sidney Jones. That's it. Um, you know, the Saints, I don't want to say they're limping in, um, but they haven't been playing their best football. While the Eagles, on the other hand, and Nick Foles, who I absolutely love, won four in a row, okay? Loved them against the Bears, loved them against the Redskins, loved them against Houston, loved them against the Rams. Now here they go for their third road game in a row to the Saints. Lines down to eight or seven and a half, wherever you look. Saints got guys hurt. I've been on the Eagles the last four weeks. Everybody's talking about the Eagles, me included. Um, you know, they're trying to repeat history in Philadelphia. Um, New Orleans hasn't been the same team, yada, yada, yada. I fucking love the Saints in this game. I wow. Think I think they've been bored. That was a serious cliffhanger right there. <laughs> that that was a, a an amazing twist ending. I, I was never expecting bored. that. I they've been bored. They've been waiting for the playoffs to hit. Uh ever since that, you know, forty five thirty five or or the the Saints. Forty five thirty five over the Rams. 51 to 14 over the Bengals, 48 to 7 over the Eagles, 31 to 17 over the Falcons, and then they just went on cruise control. They looked at the rest of their schedule. At Dallas, they lose by three. At Tampa, that's a gimme win. They win by 14. At Carolina, they lose by three. 
Pittsburgh, a game Pittsburgh desperately needed. They lose 31-28, or they win 31-28. Then they come back to Carolina again and lose 33-14. to And a game that meant absolutely nothing. I think the Saints are poised and ready for this game. This game has Drew Brees and Sean Payton written all over it. I love you, Philadelphia, but Philadelphia freedom is coming to an end on Sunday. Goodbye, Philadelphia. New Orleans advances easily. Whoa. Punctuated it with the F-bomb, too. Love it. Uh, come right in with the hard one. That, I, I, I have to imagine when you asked me before we were doing this if swearing was allowed, that that is what you had a plan for. Actually, I didn't. I just wanted to make sure oh. that if one did flip out, <laughs> that I was going to be, you know, <laughs> but I just thought that was the right time to put that F-bomb in there because I got to tell you, everybody's on the Eagles, and I've been on the Eagles. I was on that Eagles train when nobody was on it, and I was cashing tickets left and right. Well, now everybody's getting on that Eagles train, and you know what? It's getting a little crowded, Sonny. I'm jumping I'm hop off. It's time. All right. You got to hold them, and you got to know when to fold them. This is true. Wow. All right. Um, so let's see. Let, let's recap. Indy, Kansas City, we were all on Indy. Uh, Dallas, L.A., Paulie and I both like Dallas. Punk, you liked L.A. Yep. The Chargers at the Patriots, Paulie and I both like the Chargers. Punk, you like the Patriots. And Philadelphia, New Orleans, Paulie and I like Philadelphia. Punk fucking loves New Orleans. <laughs> no more Philadelphia freedom. <laughs> I tell you, if you, if you could bet, if people listening right now are able to bet teasers, go for a three-team teaser on the Colts, the Rams, the Saints, just bet New England flat, and you're going to go home with a lot of money. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, do we have anything else to cover? Polly, Unc, anything you want to Get out there. I have us out there. I, I have something to add. Okay. Well, congratulations, Sonny and Paul, to the new defensive coordinator for Kansas State, our very blood relation, Ted Monachino. Oh, I did not see that. That is awesome. I did not either. That is great news. Very cool. That is good news. Very well deserved. Absolutely. If people listening don't know, our cousin Ted, he was the linebacker coach and then the uh, linebacker coach for the Ravens, correct? And then the defensive coordinator for the Colts. Yeah, yeah, he was the line, he was the linebackers coach for the Ravens when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, with Ray Lewis. He, yeah, he had a Super Bowl ring. Yep, he worked for Missouri this past year. You know, he kind of got caught in the undertow of the firing of the Colts coach last year. Um. Can't remember the Colts coach's name. Chuck Pagano. Yeah, Chuck Pagano. Yeah, he was in Pagano's, you know, group of guys, and they just sent them all packing. Unfortunately, because I think obviously he's a very talented defensive mind. I talked to him on occasion and um, worked with uh, Missouri this past year. He went back to his alma mater, and uh, Petty is now the defensive coordinator for Kansas State. Congratulations, Petty. 
Congrats. That is fantastic. Congrats. That's awesome. Yes, it is. Polly, did you have something that you wanted to add? I feel like oh, I I'm good. Speak up. Oh, I'm good. Excellent. I'm good. I'm oh, how, how did you enjoy your, your first experience on the Jumbo Package? Oh, it was fantastic. Are you kidding me? The only problem is I'm hungry now, and I want some hot pods, chicken wings, and pizza, and I can't get it because we live down in Florida. But Polly's the only one who has that luxury. <laughs> I have to tell you, it's 50 cent wings tonight, too, guys. Oh, boy. But you know that's, what? It's that's just snowing. unfair. It's not snowing here, buddy. No, it's snowing here, too. Yes, it is. All right, Uncle, well, as I said in the intro, I, I wanted to sign you to a four-episode contract and then go from there. Do you think we can get you back for the conference championship games next week? Well, if you think I did my job, if you think I did a good enough job, I'd be happy to join you guys next week. I mean, whether you go 0-4 or 0-4 on the picks, the, the F-bomb at the end, that, yeah. that sealed it for me. Yes, absolutely. You got the it. Philadelphia freedom, the Philadelphia Freedom <laughs> rant was a game changer. All right, well, that that settles it. The three of us will be back next week to to talk about, uh, well, I guess to recap all the divisional games, to go over uh, the two conference championship games. Uh, in, New in-, in New England. Indy at New England. Indy at New England. Uncle says it. All right, Polly, Uncle Joe, it's been fun. Uh, can't wait to do this again next week. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you to Batavia's Original, and we will talk to you again next week. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary VTW void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus